Alrighty, so uh, tonight's topic, now that we've entered the month of Adar Rishon, of the first Adar, and uh, in anticipation of this. So uh, I've received uh, all of the uh, regular, uh, approximately three-year shilas about uh, when to observe a yard site, whether in Adar Rishon or whether in Adar Shani. And there's a similar question, which uh, we'll see that they, they, they run parallel tracks in a certain regard. And that is what happens as far as celebration of a bar mitzvah in uh, Adarishon or in or bas mitzvah in Adarishon or in Adar Sheni. So being that this is a topic that we only get to uh, once every three, occasionally two years. So I figured it's uh, worthwhile for us to go ahead and do so. And that way, if somebody mentions to you, oh, I don't remember what to do, which apparently is everybody has a yard site in Udder, doesn't remember from one leap year to the next. So you'll be able to now direct them to the uh, the link to this year. They'll be able to listen and then get the uh, the uh, the halacha. So with that introduction, let's go ahead and jump right in. So that's there on the screen. Looks good. Looks good. Okay. So what we're going to do is... Uh, uh, obviously, this is a, uh, not obviously, but it's, it's a very uh, uh, detailed topic uh, in terms of the opinions and where the opinions stem from in all of that. So we're not going to be able to see all of that, but uh, hopefully we'll see some, uh, some interesting things. Uh, and uh, for those who enjoy Rashi Tevos, so there will be uh, a Rashi Tevos, which I had absolutely no idea what it was. And, uh, but fortunately, one of my kids got as a, uh, a, uh, a safer for his bar mitzvah, a, a two-volume set of Rashi Tevis. So I went ahead and I looked it up there, and uh, alas, it was there. And I never would have guessed it if you had given me 100 years. Okay, so we're going to begin with, so as we said, there's two different, uh, two different topics which are here. Uh, one is the uh, uh, observance of a yard site, and the other is going to be the observance of a bar mitzvah or a bas mitzvah. When in both of the situations that we're describing, we're talking about where the initial event, meaning either the birth of the baby, or the death of the parent occurs in a non-leap year. So it occurs in a regular other. And now either the bar mitzvah year is a leap year, or inevitably if a yurt site is an other, so at some point there's going to be a leap year which follows after that, and then one needs to know what to do. So we're going to uh, explore these two topics together. Okay, so first thing we're going to see is that the source number one over here is the base Yosef. So this is just going to introduce us to the overall, uh, uh, the overall question. And then in source two and three, we're going to see much greater uh, detail. So, but the Beis Yosef says as follows. So this is in Simon Tuf Kuf Samech Ches. Um, this is one of those things. It's in the, the Tuf Kuf Samech Ches is the halachas after Tisha B'av. There's a section of halachas in Shulchan Aruch after Tisha B'av before Rosh Hashanah called Hilchas Tainis. So a lot of it comes from Masechas Tainis. Shocker there, but a lot of it comes from there. But since these are not, uh, since we usually don't observe these fasts for the lack of rain or calamities and whatnot, so in the the hierarchy of Mishabura, in which sections you're going to do, this one often gets pushed to the uh, to the back to the end. However, um, there is this one sif in there which is extremely important. This one sim in Tavkov Samaches. We'll see there's one sif in there. And that's where one of the places where Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah go ahead and address this topic of observing a yard site when it is a leap year. So he says as follows. Beis Yosef quotes as follows. He says, Kasto B'Tshuvas Marivail. It says in the Tshuvas of the Marivail. I looked up as many uh, Marivail um, Tshuvas farm, which I could uh, uh, 
uh, peruse online all sorts of different versions and different printings and whatnot. And I couldn't find a section called Dinin Vahalachos Simen Hay. So I wasn't able to get to you the actual source inside. But he writes, when a person has a parent's yortite, which occurs in the month of Adar, Adar, Shamati Mari Mulin. So I heard that the Mahariel Paskin, that's Mari Mulin, he says, Latsum Bishtehim, that you would go ahead and you fast in both of them. So you have to observe both, uh, both of them as a uh, as the yortite. Aval but the Marivile says, in my opinion, what you're going to do is you're only going to fast in other Shani, not in other Rishon. Why? Damrinon, because we say, because Gemara Nidarm says, Hanoder ad other. Somebody takes a vow, I take a vow, I'm not going to eat fish until the month of other, or something along those lines, you know, some easy minog uh, to go ahead and observe. So, Imlo Yad, now it turns out that it's a leap year. So when does your nether end? Does it end other Rishon or does it end other Shani? So the Gemara Nedarim says, Imlo Yada Shashanamu Beres. So if you didn't know that this is a leap year, so then you would observe the vow at other Rishon until the first other. But Vim Yada Shashanamu Beres, but in the event that you know that it's a leap year and you still made this sort of generic vow which is going to end in Adar. So then, Ad Adar Sheni. So then it's going to go until Adar Sheni. And the reasoning is because of the, the, the Mepharshim the Gemara over there in the Dharma explain that the uh, Adar Sheni is considered to be the real Adar and Adar Rishon is considered to be the extra month. So when you say until Adar, you obviously mean the primary Adar, which is Adar Shani. And that's why the, uh, the Mari Vile says, in his opinion, that really you would observe the Yorzai only on Adar Shani, and you don't have to observe it both Adar Rishon and Adar Shani. There's actually proof that the Adar Rishon is the extra month. The proof is just the number of days in the month. Uh, Adar normally has 29 days, and... In a leap year, Adar Rishon has 30, and Adar Shani has 29. So the 30-day the month is clearly the extra one. Okay, I, I, I hear. I don't know if... Uh, uh, okay, I hear. We'll see if... Uh, actually, we won't see, because uh, the, the, the references to that I, I cut out from uh, the Maori Mints, but, uh, but I hear. So now he says, Vachanami, so he says the same thing is going to be true. This Gemara in the Dharam establishes for us the principle that when you talk about Adar, so Adar Shani is the real Adar. Will the real Adar stand up? So that's going to be Adar Shani, says the Mari Vile. And therefore, Vachanami Hayada, so he says the same thing is going to be true with regards to the Yortzite, because nowadays we all know when uh, it's not as if we're relying on witnesses coming along and testifying that they saw the new moon. We know well in advance. It has a mind of its own. Um, so we know well in advance when the leap year is going to be. So Hayana, so it's considered as if the person knew what was going to be. And therefore, the observance is going to be like the, uh, the really, it should be Adar Shani. But he says, let's do this. He says, Va'ani rogil kemo mari he says, however, my practice is to go like the um, uh, is to go like the Mari, 
the the Mari Mulin, the Mario, and he tells people that they should observe both. But he argues that really, technically, it should only be utter Shani, says the Marival, but there's a, a, a practice to go ahead and observe both. So let's just leave it as two opinions which exist so far. Now, what's the basis of this uh, disagreement? So here we get a fascinating thing. So this is from the Chuba of the Mari Mint. The Mari Mint says, Asher Sha'alta, now all, I can't even, I, I don't know what all these words are and all of the, uh, the Rashi Tevis and whatnot in this, besides the other one. Says that Shishalti Amiti Yididi Yedid Hashem Ha'aluf Rabbanacham Reish Pealf. I don't know if that's part of his last name. Cats. That probably means cats. Yibanetzion ve'areha. Okay. He says I was asked by this person. What was his question? My mouse keeps doing funny things. He says Al Odos Bincha Hayanik. I was asked about your young son. The Chakim Hayakar, Hacharash, Mishalim, Kize, Rafa, Katz, again, whatever these, all these Rashi Tevots are, regarding your son. Ashenola Bishanabshuta Ba'adar, he was born in a in the month of Adar in a regular year, in a non leap year. I, I, I can't see the letters all the way at the beginning of the line. Is it, it oh, is that, can everybody else see them? Yes, with a mark. I can see them. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I had all of... Never mind. I see what happened. Okay. Via bar mitzvah b'shanam uberes. And his bar mitzvah year is going to be a leap year. So, ma ye mishpat hanar umaseh lios gadol mina Torah. So what's going to be the law regarding this child? When does he become an adult? Me'eze, me'eze chodesh manin So from what month are we going to count the beginning of his adult years? Either it's the first other or the second one. By a bar mitzvah, you can't say to observe both. I mean, you could have a party both. But either becomes an adult in other rishon or becomes an adult in other sheni. He's only going to become an adult once. Fasting for a yurt site, or as we'll see, saying Kaddish and whatnot, that you could actually do two times. But becoming an adult, that's only that's a one-time event. So how exactly is the bar mitzvah going to be observed? And he says, in a very interesting thing, he says, He says, now you reminded me. He says to the person who posed the question to him, he says, thank you so much for reminding me. Uh, it's been about 40 years. That your grandfather, your father or grandfather, went ahead and asked me a similar question. Goes and puts the name Rabbi Shalom Kozoi Zal. So he says, Derechida. But when he asked me this similar question, he asked it as a riddle. What was the riddle? So he said, Eich nimza. How is it going to be possible? Halachically, nolad kolim Shimon. Ruven is born before Shimon. V'shimon ye bar mitzvah kolim Ruven. And, but the end is going to turn out that Shimon becomes bar mitzvah ahead of Ruven. So this has nothing to do with you know, the scheduling at the school or the scheduling in the shul when the bar mitzvah is going to be observed and somebody else went ahead and chapped the day before. We're talking about the actual day that they become uh, officially adult, the first time that they're going to Davimar. So in the year that they were born, Reuven is before, it was born ahead of Shimon. But in the year of the bar mitzvah, Shimon is going to be able to Davimar for the Ahmed ahead of Reuven. That was the riddle which this father, grandfather went ahead and posed to me. Kamayam, uh, it's in, in its, his bar, Shimon's Baritz is going to precede Ruvain's by a number of days. 
Vehu, now what's the answer to the riddle? Sheruvein nolad besof adarishon. So Ruvain was born, they were both born in a leap year. So Ruvain is born chaf tes, let's say, adarishon, or maybe even lamed adarishon. Vishimon nola betchilas adarashen. And Shimon was born on the first day, the very next day, but it's the month of Adarsheni. So Ruvain is born the last day of Adarishon, and Shimon is born the first day of Adarsheni. And then Vashanashel Yud Gimel Yeshanapshuta. In the year of the Bar Mitzvah is a non leap year. So that year there's only one other. So how are they going to go ahead and observe their Bar Mitzvahs? In Cain, Shimon, Shinolat, Adar, Hasheni, Shimon, who was born the first day of Adar, Sheni, Yebar Mitzvah, Aleph, Badar. So his Bar Mitzvah is going to be Rosh Chodesh, Adar, that year, the beginning of the month. And Ruvain, who was born earlier, a day earlier than Shimon, but it happens to be the 29th of Adar, Rishon, Yebar Mitzvah, his Bar Mitzvah is going to be the 29th of Adar, that particular year. Which is going to be 28 days after Shimon's bar mitzvah. So Ruvain was actually born the day before Shimon. And in this configuration, it will turn out that Shimon's bar mitzvah is going to be four weeks ahead of Ruvain's. Yeah. Yes, Ellen. So as I just pointed out, that Adar Rishon can have 30 days, uh, but Adar Shani only has 29. So what happens if you're born on the 30th of Adarisha? Right. So that, that is a, a, another topic, um, uh, a subcategory of this. So th- there's, there's that question about what happens if you were born in the 30th of Adarisha and then your bar mitzvah is a regular year. There is no 30th of Adar. And then you have a couple of other months of the year where, depending on the year, sometimes they're 29-day months, sometimes they're 30-day months. So you have the same thing. What happens if you're born on one, or it's a two-day Rosh Chodesh versus a one-day Rosh Chodesh? So how exactly you handle all of those yort sites and all of those, uh, those bar mitzvahs? So we'll have to uh, address that at some point in the future, but not tonight. Okay, so this was the initial question, and the Marie Mintz's response was just that opportunity to, um, to uh, walk down memory lane remembering this interesting uh, riddle and how you go ahead and you resolve it that Ruvain's born before Shimon in Shimon's bar mitzvah ends up being almost four weeks or four weeks ahead of Ruvain's. Okay, now let's get back to the Shailid hand. So he says, Umashani noeg, so he transitions, because as we said, these two topics really go together. So he moves from the bar mitzvah topic to the yortzite topic. And he says, what I tell people who ask me about the yortzite, the, the, the primary way in the time of Rishonim that people would observe a yortzite was uh, a tinus. They would fast on the day of the yortzite. Uh, Kaddish will see mentioned later on, but the primary thing had to do with fasting. So he says, that which people ask me, when they should fast for the Yortzite uh, in a leap year, im yisanu, should they go ahead and fast, or should they go ahead and do the first one or the second one? He says, I tell them, I tell them that they should fast, not a Rishon. So now this is the third opinion that we're seeing. The first opinion we saw said, do both. The second opinion we saw said, other Shani. And now the Mari Mins is saying that he tells people they should do Adarishim. And he says, I've done this for a long time. Uh, based on the, the reason which I'm going to give. 
that they maintain that was the Mahari Vial and the Maharil saying that you should go ahead and you should fast in both of them. Vidaito, I don't know what that Rish Lamed over here means, but the, the opinion of the Mahari Vial was Atsum Bisheni. So his opinion was that you would observe only Utter Sheni, not Utter Rishon. Why? So that was the Gemara and the Dharm, which said that depending on what's going on, uh, if you, uh, when you take a vow until Adar, so if you didn't know that it's a leap year, so then you observe the, the vow till the end of Adar Rishon. And if you knew it was a leap year, you would go ahead and you're going to observe the vow all the way through Adar Sheni. And now he says, here comes the Rashi Tevis, which I had no idea. And he says, let me highlight it for you. i got to find my mouse thing. He says, Vachanami, so he says the same thing is going to be true with regards to your outside. Hachayada begoch yad yaz yat. All right, great. I was mystified as far as what this was, but what it turns out is that the gimovav ches yudal if yudal yudzayin and yutes are, as you know, in the Jewish calendar, there's a 19-year cycle. Is it like your Hebrew birthday and your English birthday should, should coincide every 19 years, theoretically, unless you're born in Udder, which I was, and therefore it never actually works out. But, except I guess the year I was born, it worked out. But he says, but the, but the, the years of the 19-year cycle, so these are the years which are leap years. So you, you're three of the cycle, you're six of the cycle, then it's usually three years, but two times it's only two years. So year three is the gimel, year six is the vav, Year eight is the ches. Then you count by threes again. Your aleph is 11. Another 11 is 14. Another 11 is 17. And then the last one to 19 is another two-year cycle. So that is the, those are the years in which there's going to be leap years in every 19-year cycle. And this is just a way of saying that we know well in advance when it's going to be a leap year or not. And therefore, it's not as if like the Gemara Nadarm is talking about where you could be caught off guard, not knowing whether there's going to be a leap year or not, based on whether Sanhedrin decided to make it a leap year. Nowadays, we know well in advance. And therefore, he says, Vani Rogil, I, the, uh, the Mari Vial said, Vani Rogil, Lahoros to Mari, Adkan Lashono, and the Mari, Mari Vial said, even though I maintain they should really observe it in Adar Sheni, I tell people that they should observe both in accordance with the opinion of the Maril. Okay, now he says, says the Mari Mints, sorry, you have all these Maharis, everybody's a Mahari tonight, Mahari Vile, Maharil, and Mahari Mints. He says, comes along the Mari Mints and says, that the precedent that the other Rishonim are drawing from this Gemara in Nidarim, so the, the halachas of Nidarim have nothing at all to do with the observance of a yard site. Two different, two different sets of rules which are going to guide when they should be observed. And it's like apples and oranges. Nidarim in a yard site is like the apples and oranges. But rather, Ella Talia Rather, the observance of a yard site is going to revolve around Minog parameters custom parameters rather than vow parameters. And now he goes ahead and he proves both of those things. And we don't have to go through all of those proofs. But he says, the came with the minhagahu, being that this is something which is a minog, amrin and kasher nagu kenhu. 
So, however, a person goes out and adopts the minog, so that, or however the minog is practiced, so that's how it's going to be observed. And you're not going to grab rules or precedent from something else, because every minog is going to be different. Therefore, you can't compare a yard site to nadarim. Even if a person went ahead and took a vow that he's going to fast on his father's yortzite, but below his gear other, and he didn't mention other at all. So here you actually add the element of a vow because he took a vow to fast on his father's yortzite. It's still not going to be dependent upon nidarim parameters. It's only when a person mentions the month of Adar and he knows that it's going to be a leap year, do we assume that his intention was, in, a, in the context of a vow, was Adar Sheni. Because, as Arta had mentioned, because the month of Adar Rishon, that is considered to be the extra month, not the primary Adar. Uh, like we say that Amrinan uh, that if a person doesn't specify, this is what we showed him there say, that if a person doesn't specify, he means the generic Adar, the Hainu Adar Shani, which is Adar Shani. And therefore he's going with that Adar Shani opinion is that, uh, I'm sorry, he's, he's saying that that's what would be true over there with regards to vows. But over here, it's really it's not going to be, to be uh, it's not going to be dependent on those factors, but rather it's going to be depend on a different set of factors, which he now says, uh, so, which ultimately is going to prove that it's going to be other rishon. And he says, He says there's a lot more to say, meaning we could be marich, we could speak at length about this, but the ace However, now is the time to be short. So even though we could go ahead and elaborate, we're going to address this uh, pretty quickly. He says, it's logical to me. The, reason, the basis of the minog to fast on a yard side is is because on the uh, occasion of the yard side of a parent or a rebbe, so there's a bad mazel which exists for the yard site observer. And being that this is the source, the, the attempt to go ahead and to counter the bad mazel. So that's why we fast. Either because you're tr- one is trying to secure atonement for the parent, or because one is trying to make sure that on a day that the surviving child's mazel is bad, that nothing harmful will happen. Roy, oh. Again. They says that if a parent died in a regular year, and then the following year is a leap year, so as we know, Kaddish is always going to be said for 11 months rather than 12 months. So when is Kaddish going to be concluded? So you're going to finish to saying Kaddish in the month of Shavat, in order to make sure that you don't say Kaddish for 12 months, which was the din in Gehenim, which is the punishment in Gehenim for those people who are who are Rashaim. So a child would never go ahead and declare the parent to be a Rasha by saying Kaddish for 12 months. That's why we say Kaddish for only 11 months. 
And then he says, if somebody, if somebody dies in a regular year, in the following year is a leap year. So Nigmar Dino So as far as Avelus is, is concerned, so we know Avelus goes for 12 months. Kaddish is said for 11 months. Avelus is said for is observed for 12 months. So when is the Avelus going to be concluded? The Avelus is going to be concluded in Adarishon. That's just because that's the 12 month. It has nothing to do with which is the primary Adar in which is the leap year month, but it has to do with the fact that that's when the uh, that's when the 12 months of Avelus conclude. So therefore, 12 months later, now that the year is complete, that's when it would make sense that you would go ahead and you would fast and you would say Kaddish. And then once in that scenario, you're going to go ahead and do it in that first Adar, because that was the conclusion of the initial Avelus. So then it follows from there that in every year, one would go ahead and observe the Yorzeit in Adar Rishon. So here we have, just to, to summarize where we're holding before we get to Shulchan Aruch over here. So we have over here is, we have three different opinions. One opinion says, the one we just said, the Marimin says, Adar Rishon. Then we have those who say that it really should be the Mari Vile says it's going to be Adar Sheni. And then you have the middle opinion, which says that you're going to go ahead and you're going to observe the Yorzeit in both months, Adar Rishon and Adar Sheni. So you've got all possibilities which are here. You're going to do one or the other or both. And uh, all of them are, uh, are, uh, are mentioned. So what does Shulchan Aruch say about this? So here is now where we get to see the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, I should say, in that Simen Tovkov Samaches Siv Zayin. So Shulchan Aruch says, no, I'm sorry, he says, Kishira Yom Shemes Avivo Imo Ba'adar Vashanim Uberes. So Shulchan Aruch says, the parent dies in a regular Adar, in, a non, in, in the month of Adar, in a non-leap year, so now, with a, uh, some uh, year later, one, two, or three years later, two year, one or two years later, so it's a leap year. So Shulchan Aruch says, without even mentioning that there's machlokas about it, Shulchan Aruch says Yisana b'Adar base. So he goes with the opinion of the Mariviles' personal opinion that since the primary Adar is really Adar base because that's the one which has 29 days. That's the other that we celebrate Purim. So all of those things which, are, which point in the direction that other base is the primary other. So Shulchan Aruch follows that opinion and says the Yorzeit is going to be observed in other Shani and doesn't even mention dissenting opinions. He just brings down the Lacha, according to Sfardim, you would go ahead and you would observe that Yorzeit in other base. Comes along the Ramah. Ramah says, Haga. Some people say that rather than observing the Yorzeit in other Shani, you observe it in other Rishon. Um, yeah, we'll skip the next line because he talks about what happens if they, if the person, if the person died in a leap year, which is not our discussion. And then he says, the Ramah says, So the Ramah says, not only is there a dissenting opinion against the Shulchan Aruch, but the Ramah says the minag is to fast in other Rishon, not in other Shani. But then he adds in, But some people are machmer and they go ahead and they fast in both of them. So now between the Mechaber and the Ramah, we see that all three opinions made their way onto the page of Shulchan Aruch. So we're still left, in a sense, scratching our heads. Those of us who are not uh, Spartan, who would not have a clear psak, a, a single psak 
from Shulchan Aruch, but we have now three opinions over here, and we have to figure out how we're going to go ahead and navigate this. Okay, so now, um, okay, so now let's see the Mishabura on this. So one part of the Mishabur is, he says, we'll skip the first part of what he says, just because of time, but he says, Dasa Mechaber, Distam utter who utter Shady. He says the reasoning of Shulchan Aruch, who says that's going to be observed in other base. He says, first of all, like we said, that uh, generally in halacha, we consider the second utter to be the real utter and utter rishon to be the extra month. So therefore, if, the, the, uh, if we're trying to observe the, the, the yard site in the real utter, so the real utter is going to be utter sheni. And then he says, however, the dissenting opinion, meaning the Ramah, the one who says that you should go ahead and observe an utter rishon, some people say it's going to be the opposite. And besides that, there are those who say that the first utter is really the, the real utter. But he says on top of that, an interesting rationale, we have a principle that when a mitzvah presents itself to you, you got to hop around that mitzvah right away. You got to go ahead and, and fulfill that mitzvah at the earliest possible opportunity. So in Adar Rishon, so that is the first time that the yard site, that seemingly the yard site is going to present itself. So why would you wait till Adar Shani to go ahead and fulfill the mitzvah when you could go ahead and you could fulfill this mitzvah in Adar Rishon? And that would be another rationale to go ahead and do it in the, uh, do it in the, uh, the first Adar. So though, what, what about Purim, hour? the mitzvah of Purim? Right, so the mitzvah of Purim, so that, the reason why the Gemara says, the reason why we observe it in Adar Shani rather than Adar Rishon is because we want to go ahead and juxtapose the Purim salvation with the Pesach story. So we want those two to be uh, together. So that's a specific juxtaposition of ideas that we're trying to, uh, to accomplish. That's w- one of the primary reasons why Purim is celebrated in Adar Shani, not necessarily because that is the, because um, um, that's the real Adar. I mean, that ends up being a proof that it is a real otter, but right, that may, that may be a different rationale. Okay, so we had two opinions. So we had Shulchan Aruch said Adar Sheni, the Ramah says Adar Rishon, and then the Ramah says that there are those who are Machmer and do both. So here now we have the Mishabura uh, commenting about now that we have this, uh, this broader perspective, this landscape of all three opinions which are mentioned, so how are we going to go ahead and uh, what do we do Lamaisa? So Mishabura says, I am Magan Avram. If you look at the Magan Avram, Shemasik, Dim Kibala Benedulis Anos Yom Shemezbo Aviv O Rabo. So in the event that a person took a vow committing himself to fast on a parent or a Rebbe's yard site, then Mukhivlis Anos Bishnaim. He says, then you have to go ahead and you have to fast on both of them. Because he maintains that really both others are actual others. And since both of them are actual others, so therefore, if you take a vow and you didn't specify other Rishon or other Shani, really the Magen Avram says, and in the, in the parentheses, it says that the Gra also subscribes to this view, really, you would be required to fast in both of them. But that assumes that you actually took a vow. Most people nowadays are not taking any such vow to fast on a Yorzeit. Right? He says, If a person didn't explicitly accept upon himself a vow, did not declare verbally such a vow, but he fasts only because that's the, everybody knows that you fast on the yard site back in the day when everybody fasts on the yard site. 
where the minog is, common practice is, you go ahead and you fast on the occasion of a parent's yorzeit. So then, so then, you're not required to do what you, what you are going to do every subsequent leap year is the same thing you did the first time your yorzeit fell out on, on, on a leap year. So whatever you did, when you observed your site, the first time was a leap year, that's what you're going to do for the rest of your, uh, your life. Because the assumption is, whatever you did that first year, so that's what you were accepting, that's what you were committing yourself to do every subsequent leap year. Gimel, Vav, Ches, Yudalaf, Yudal, Zion, Yudas. All of those, uh, those leap years, you're going to observe whether Adarisha and whether Adarshem. He's not saying which way you should go, Whatever you did that first leap year, you're going to go ahead and you're going to continue to do. Now, that's shkoyach. So that's, that's well, that's good and well in the event that you know what you're doing the first time the yortzeit fell out on a leap year. But he says, now the Mishabura addresses, but what happens that first year that the yortzeit falls out in a leap year? In Balimlach, and the person doesn't decide on his own, he comes to you, the rabbi. And he says, He says, listen, my, uh, my parent passed away a year ago, two years ago. This is the first time that the Yurtzeit is falling out in a leap year. Rabbi, tell me what to do. So this is the question which all the Rabbanim are getting. What should I do this first time that I'm observing this Yurtzeit? So says the Mishavurah, So in such a case, the best thing to do is you should advise them to go ahead and fast on both, both in other region and in other Shemi. But in the event that fasting both months would prove difficult, says the Mishaburah, it's better to go ahead and observe. If you have to choose between the two, go like the Ramah says, that the better observance of the yard site is going to be an other Rishon rather than in other, in, in other shape. So this is as far as up until now, Ad Khan, we're discussing the practice of fasting on the yard site. So Mechaber says, Adar Sheni. Ramah says, really, it's Adar Rishon. But there are those who are Machmer and do both. So really, if a person is asking a Shaila and they don't have a Minog, you would tell them that they should do both. But in the event that they're not going to be able to fast both times, so then the primary minog amongst Ashkenazim is to observe other, the Yortzeit in other Rishon rather than other Shani. Now, he throws in an interesting thing. And this is where now, uh, if a person decides that they are going to fast or they're not going to fast, it doesn't really impact anybody else. So who can, it doesn't really make a difference to me what you're going to do, whether other Rishon or other Shani or both. But what happens now? He says, So you have a person who says, on the 10th of Adarishon, he comes along and says, I have your tithe today. So the people who are regular Avelim, they say, oh, you have your tithe today? Okay, you can daven for the Ahmed, and or you, you'll say Kaddish, and we won't say Kaddish. In those places where only one person would say Kaddish at a time, so they relinquish, we'll just say davening for the Ahmed. So a regular Avel will relinquish the Ahmed for a person who has a Yorzeit. Then comes the 10th of Adar Shani, and that same fellow comes and says, I have your tithe today. You have another Yorzeit today? Well, my parent actually died in Adar, and now I'm observing the Yorzeit, both in Adar Rishon as well as the Adar Shani. 
So at that point, the Ava could say, jump in the lake. I already gave you the Ahmed in Adarishon. I don't have to give you the uh, I don't have to give you the uh, the uh, uh, the uh, the Ahmed both in Adarishon and in Adarishani because you want to be Machmer. That doesn't come at my expense of davening for the Ahmed for my parent. And therefore you toss them to the uh, to the end of the line. So this is something which makes for a very interesting thing. And that is what we have over here in the Piske Chuvas. So he has a couple of interesting comments about this. He says that, um, here's in source seven of it, this is also in Tafkuf Samachas. He says, That which the Mishabura wrote, that a, a, an, a, a person, a child who decides to observe your site both in other Rishon and in other Shani, the other Avelim only have to give him the Kaddish ones or the Amud ones. So he explains, Hainu, what this means is, Badarishon. Really, they relinquish the Amud only in other Rishon because according to their Amah for Ashkenazim, that is the primary observance of the Yortzite, Shehu Ha'ikar, because that's it. But then when he comes to the Amud on other Shani, he says, I want to down for the Amud again. That's when they say, jump in the lake. V'chein hu le'inyan tefila lifnei Amud, he says the same thing is going to be true with regards to, again, we were talking about Kaddish, but the same thing is going to be true davening for the Amud, that's example more uh, common for us, as well as going to the cemetery. Those people who have the practice of visiting the cemetery on the yard site. So the time to do so for Ashkenazim would really be other Rishon rather than other Shani. Then he says, some people try and observe the Yortzite on both. So they'll fast both on Adarishon and Adarshani. They'll visit the cemetery both in Adarishon and Adarshani. And if they can, they'll try and go ahead and dive into the Amud, both in Adarishon and Adarshani. But the Mishabura's point is, but it being that this is the, uh, this is the child, Humra, to want to observe the Yortzite in both, he can't be masigvul. He can't encroach on the rights of others. Meaning, somebody who is davening uh, for a parent who passed away within the year. So the avo cannot be machmer and say, "I want to daven for the amud from both days." If that's going to mean that a person who has an actual demonstrative vada chiyuv is going to go ahead and get uh, get replaced or uh, uh, have to relinquish the amud. So that doesn't uh, that doesn't work. Um, now, he says over here an interesting thing. So we, we, the uh, one thing which the Piskei Chuvas mentioned was in the event that a person is not going to be able to fast both on Adarishon and Adarshani. So he said, according to the Ashkenazi custom, so we would, you would fast on Adarishon and not Adarshani. So now the Piskei Chuvas quotes, the Eshel Avram Buchach, just known as Eshel Avram. So he says, you look over there, in our generation where uh, fasting is something which it proves difficult. We're, we have, we have, we're, we're weak, weak bodied, and therefore fasting is something which you can't necessarily do that frequently. So, Yesh Lahoros came, gambling in a tinus. He says, This is what we should do with regards to tinus that you should tell a person he should not plan fast both on the yard side and other Rishon as well as other Shani. He should fast only in other Rishon. In other Shani, you'll give tzedakah in lieu of the fast. And that's going to be the way that you 
quote unquote fast or observe the fast, both in Adarish and Adarshani, you only fast one, and then the other one you're going to go ahead and you're going to give tzedakah, somewhat similar to uh, what you have in other places where you would give a tzedakah in a sense equal to the amount of money you would have spent on food that day, and you give that money away for, uh, for tzedakah. So that's one point which he makes. And then he says, uh, with regards to relinquishing of the Amr or relinquishing of a Kaddish rite, so he says, he says in many shuls nowadays, except if you go to a Yekesha shul or you go to Tel Chicago, I assume Tel Cleveland also, but Tel Chicago, where there they still have the practice of only one person saying Kaddish at a time. But in a shul like ours, where many people say Kaddish all at the same time, they so it's going to be, it's not going to hurt anybody if this person decides that they're going to say Kaddish in observation of their Yorzeit, both in Adarish and in Adarshani, it's just another voice of uh, somebody else chiming in for Kaddish, and it's not going to encroach on anybody else. But he says, But it does happen in the event that since there's only one person who could daven for the Amud at a time, so for the, for the Yorzeit to go ahead and supplant the Avel, the person who's still in Yud Beis Chodesh, so that would not that you would not have the right to do. Or there's a hierarchy in terms of distribution of aliyahs. So the person who has a real chiyuv versus the person who's being machmer to observe both Yorzeit in Adarish and Adarshani, so he only has a suffix chiyuv. So any vade chiyuv for an aliyah will take precedent. Or Yorzeit or if somebody else has a Yorzeit, let's say the uh, person observing a Yorzeit in Adarshani, where the parent actually died in Adarshani. So the per- if the person actually died in Adarshani, that's a Vadaichi for an Aliyah, as opposed to the person whose parent died in a regular Adar, so then it's just a Chumar, or just a, a, a Safik. Misha, uh, yeah, okay. Now, so that is as far as the Yorzeit is concerned. So for the Yorzeit, we see that there's the Mechaber's opinion, there is the Ramah's opinion, and then there is the Chumra, which one would try and, uh, and, uh, and follow, as far as these things are concerned, how to go ahead and manage that. Let's just now, quickly go. Yeah. In, so in, in terms of not being Masi Gvul, is he entitled only to do it in Adarishon, or, or as long as he's only taking one, can he choose to do it in Adarshani? Like maybe uh, he's a Svardi or something, or... Right. Well, then he would only ask to do it. Yeah, he would only have to do it then. That that raises an interesting question, just an interesting sort of like policy question about what happens when an Ashkenazi is by a Sephardi show or a Sephardi by an Ashkenazi show for these types of uh, these types of halachas. Right? Can a person go ahead and let let let's say Lamashal, a person will go, person who has a yurtzeit in Adar. In this year, now there's two Adars. So on, on Yud of Adar Rishon, he'll go to an Ashkenazi show and say, the Ramah says that the primary minog is to observe Yorzeit in Adar Rishon. I'm here to observe the Yorzeit. I'm going to dive for the Amud. And then on Yud, Adar Beis, he goes to Persian. He walks into a Sephardi shul and says, oh, your minog is to observe the Yorzeit in Adar Shani. So I'd like to dive for the Amud now in, uh, in Adar Shani. And you go ahead and you hop over there. So that makes for an interesting question. Whose minog uh, prevails in these types of things? Is this something which is the individual's minog, or this is something which is really the tzibur's minog, and the tzibur determines what practice is going to is going to be. Um, yeah, 
but now let's just run through quickly over here the uh, the source with regards to our mitzvah. So what's interesting, what's what's fascinating over here is we now know we're educated and we now know that there's actually three different opinions about this: adarishon, adarsheni, or both. So what happens when it comes to the observance of a bar mitzvah? So we would anticipate that there's going to be the same three opinions. The Mechaber will say it's going to be observed in Adarsheni. The Ramah will say it's observed in Adarishon. And some people go ahead and whatever they do, they make the Bar Mitzvah boiler in two parshas or stuff like that. So he, over here, though, it says, the Ramah says, the Mechaber doesn't even talk about it. But the Ramah says, this is in, in, in Simon Nun Hay. This is a Simon where the Shulchan Aruch is talking about who qualifies to be a, uh, a member of the minion to be able to say Kaddish. So the Ramah says, Misha Nolad Ba'adar. Somebody who's born in a regular year, single Adar. Benasa Bar Mitzvah Bishnasa Ibor. And then his Bar Mitzvah year is in the leap year. So when his child now count towards a minion, when can he daven for the Amr? When can he get an Aliyah? When can he do all of those adult things? So the Ramah says, Enunasa Bar Mitzvah Ad Adar Shemi. So here he says that he does not become a Bar Mitzvah until Adar Shemi. So your side, he said, primarily is going to be Adar Rishon. Bar Mitzvah is going to be Adar Sheni. And the Ramah doesn't hint to the fact that seemingly there's an inconsistency which is, go, which is going on over here, but he just goes ahead and says that this is what the halacha is going to, uh, they're going to be. So as we said, that although we would anticipate that maybe these two halachas would run parallel tracks, the truth is, is that they're different. They run different uh, tracks for a variety of different reasons beyond of what we have time here, uh, here for. But let's just go with the main explanation that the Mishnah Bura gives for this halach about the bar mitzvah year. He says, he says, Kamash Mulan, So what the, the, that the Ramah is adopting over here is, going back to what the art said at the beginning, and that is, Adar Rishon is not really considered to be Adar. We call it Adar Rishon, but it's a fake udder. It's a, a Chinese knockoff or something like that. There were, it, 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 it looks like it, but it's not actually the real thing. That's like Pepsi, not Coke. But it's called the leap month or something along those lines. Because the evidence that he brings to this effect is the fact that we don't read the Megillah in Adarishon. We only read in Adarshani. And we require Yud Gimel Shanim Shleimi that you need in order to be a bar mitzvah or a bas mitzvah, you need 12 or 13 full years. And therefore, uh, the, uh, for a bar mitzvah, the bar mitzvah would always be observed in a other sheni. So this makes, I didn't, I, I, I didn't look, I, I should have looked ahead of time, uh, but somebody undoubtedly will. If you look in the calendar 13 years ago, whether or not 13 years ago is a leap year. So if 13 years ago, assuming that 13 years ago was not a leap year, so now you have this interesting thing that you have an entire month of Adarishon that there's no bar mitzvahs, right? So you have these big shuls, like, in a, you know, uh, you think about like bells in Yushalayim, where they've got five, six, seven, uh, you know, they, they, the bar mitzvah boys actually don't even get aliyahs there because everything is taken up by chassanim because <laughs> they have uh, enough uh, chassans who go ahead and get it. But you can have, uh, usually you can have places where there's bar mitzvah week after week after week after week after week. And then suddenly you get to Adar Rishon and there's no bar mitzvahs because it's impossible to have a bar mitzvah. Because bar mitzvah, the, the boys who were born in Adar 13 years ago, they all observe it in Adar Shani. So just like you have this gap in the calendar where there's no chasanas, every three years there's going to be a gap in the calendar where there's going to be no bar mitzvahs. No bar mitzvahs to be observed at all during that, uh, the, that, that, uh, that month. 
And then the Mephorshim the, the speculate as to what exactly the different theories are, why a yard site would, would run according to one set of rules and a bar mitzvah will run according to a different set of rules. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll say that also all those are rationales for a different time. But the main thing now is just to, to know the halacha that for us Ashkenazim, really yard site is, is observed in other Rishon, although it's appropriate to be machmer in, uh, in to say Kaddish. Uh, and if you can't, daven for the Amad in both. As far as bar mitzvahs are concerned, their most says bar mitzvahs are going to be observed in other Shani, not in other Rishon. And in fact, 13 years ago was not a leap year. It was not a leap year. Okay. I think there's only one configuration. There should probably be only one configuration or something where you'd be able to count back from one leap year minus 13, whatever those numbers were, the 3, 6, 8, 11, 14, 17, 19. Yep. Yeah, six, 6 and 19. So if the child was born in year 6, 13 years later, which is going to be 19. Uh, is that right? Or is that yes. going to be 14 years? Yes. No, that's right. No, that's Where good. Simple, I just want to let you know that you're keeping up with your track record of, of things that we, you and I have discussed because um, Yoshua was born in Adar Rishon and his bar mitzvah was in Adar Shani. So just just so you know, like that we you and I are clearly we're good. Connecting. Excellent. Yes. I also uh, want to point out the wisdom of characterizing uh, one otter as uh, Chinese knockoff. Because Rosh Chodesh Otter is always Chinese New Year. <laughs> is, is that true? Yeah. Right. But, but but there, there, there are actually several cases where 13 years apart are two leap years. It's not just six and 19. So I, I, I don't think six and 19 actually works because si six, uh, six and 19 six and does work. Because oh, you start six from and seven. 13 yeah, is 19. Yeah. Right. Okay. Six and that 19. One? Yeah, but I, I mean, you know, if 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 the if if you're born in years 14 or 17, and you you go around the back oh, around past the 19, you you wind up with with two other cases where it works that way. Oh, excellent, excellent. All right, okay. two other so we, cases. It's good we have math people. I, I, I assume that if it's a, if the uh, Yorzeit is actually in other one, you only do other one. You never do other two. Correct, correct. I skipped that line in Shulchan Aruch um, because it wasn't relevant to our discussion. But yeah, that's that's mentioned explicitly. So that's why Yorzeits you can have in other Rishon. Or other shani, you know, whatever they are. But the the, the bar mitzvahs, you would you would have that, uh, you know, the potential gap. All right, Valdek. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you Rabbi.